0: Today's Your Stories is brought to you by Jackbox Games. Get five hilarious party games in the Jackbox Party Pack from the creators of You Don't Know Jack, now on Xbox One, PS3, PS4, Steam, and more. Go to jackboxgames.com for more info. Thanks, Jackbox.
1: Your Stories is a wonderful opportunity to share all the highs and lows of being a nerd.
2: You know that hobby you have that you don't talk to anyone about? It's a secret you don't like to share because it might make you feel weird.
1: Maybe you're into something different, uh, comic books, fantasy football,
3: push-ups.
4: Your stories, to me, has been this really kind and welcoming space where people just have the guts to be really honest and they share their voices and their stories with everyone there, no questions asked.
3: Uh, I've heard stories about all those things, uh, maybe not, not a lot of push-ups, I maybe haven't heard a lot of stories about push-ups.
2: The Nerdologues is group therapy meets Toastmasters. I know there's always a place where my odd thoughts and unusual habits will be welcomed and championed in a warm, supportive environment by other nerds just like me.
1: And what's fun is you'll see people in the audience one month, and then all of a sudden they uh, go up and tell their story. So
0: I'm Eric Arnault, and this is the Nerdalogs Presents Your Stories podcast, back with live storytelling after a few weeks of other stuff. Uh, and what an episode to come back with. What you're about to hear is our fourth team-up with the Chicago Design Museum. Thanks again to the wonderful Tanner Woodford, who always facilitates such fantastic shows. Tanner put together this event to mark the opening of CDM's new exhibit, featuring radical modernist artist Dan Friedman, which opens this Friday on the third floor of Block 37. So appropriately, the theme of this week's episode is Be Radical, and it features a handful of fantastic Chicago personalities, including Mary Beth Smith, Andrew Huff, Victor Sod, Kristen Carter, and Lloyd King, plus music from myself, Katie Johnston-Smith, and Becca Brown. Um, before we get to the episode, just a few small plugs. If you heard last week's show, you know that the Nerdlogs have a new card game up on Kickstarter right now. It's called Competition Kitchen, and it's modeled after those cooking shows we all love to binge, but with the Nerdalogs twist. This game even includes cards designed by cooking all-stars like Mario Batali, Ina Garten, and Mark Summers. If you'd like to check out our brand new project and help make it come to life, head on over to kickstarter.com and search for Competition Kitchen, or just check out our website at www.nerdologs.com. Of course, another way to help is to rate and review the show on iTunes. That puts us in front of more people, which is always great. If you really like us, you can head over to Patreon.com slash to support the show and secure bonuses for yourself, like extra clips, access to our digital museum, and more. Uh, But I think that's enough promotion for now, so let's be radical.
3: All right. Uh, My name's Tanner. I'm from the Chicago Design Museum. Uh, Thanks so much for coming. We're super excited to have you all here. Uh, we are uh, opening a new exhibition next weekend called Dan Friedman: Radical Modernist, and the Soho House has uh, very graciously let us install uh, work all over the building. So make sure you wander around and check that out after this exhibition. Uh, Dan Friedman was an artist and a designer. He uh, worked in this in um, uh, Switzerland. He came to New York. Uh, he ended up working with Jeff Koons and Basquiat and Jeffrey Deitch and Keith Haring, and built this really cr- incredible legacy. Uh, He died in 1995, and the year before he died, he wrote and published a book, wrote a manifesto, and curated an exhibition. It went in a storage locker for about 20 years. It's opening at the Chicago Design Museum uh, next Friday. It's going to be a really wonderful show. Uh, A lot of his work that I'm really excited about is his manifesto, so I want to read one of his manifesto points to you. Uh, I'm going to choose number eight. Uh, Engage in self-restraint. Accept the challenge of working with reduced expectations and diminished resources. So the other 12 are throughout the building. Tonight's theme is 12 of 12, which is Be Radical, which is painted on this wall here. And that's kind of my spiel. So I'm really excited to work with the Neurologs again. I think this is our fifth one, isn't it? I think fourth. Fourth. This is our fourth one. I just got excited. Next (laughs) time we get the Excellent. (laughs) And one other thing I want to do is give a round of applause to the Sew House. They've been incredible in working with us. So thank you. The events team here and the the facilities crew, I've never met anybody like them. They're incredible. So thank you so much. And I'll pass it off to Eric with that. So thanks so much. Hey,
0: everybody. Thank you, Tanner. Oh, boy. Coming in hot tonight. My name is Eric Arno. I am a member of the Nerdalogs. We are a sketch comedy group that has been active for Jesus, I think it's seven years in Chicago. Seven years, and we've been doing this podcast, The for them to Your Stories, for six. Uh, it's a storytelling show. In case you guys aren't hip to storytelling, uh, we invented it. It's a thing where people come up here and tell true things about themselves, or maybe not completely true. I don't know. You'll get it real quick. It's a, it's a real simple concept, guys. But we always start the show with some music that fits the theme. Like Tanner said, the theme tonight is Be Radical. So... For some radical music, I would like to invite my bandmates, Katie Johnson-Smith and Becca Brown, to the stage, please. Yeah. And they're going to do the first song without me because they don't need no man. Uh, so tonight we picked a bunch of songs that are by artists that we consider to be radical. And these are kind of like protesty songs. So you'll know some of them. If you'd like to help sing along, please do.
5: Uh, so this first song is by the one, the only Beyoncé. Uh, and I hope you like our uh, rendition of it. <laughs> okay, let me figure out my hands. <laughs> trying to rain, trying to rain on the thunder. Tell the storm I'm new. I'ma walk, I'ma march on the regular, paint the white flags blue. Lord, forgive me, I've been running, running blind in truth. I'ma rain, I'ma rain on this bitter love, tell the sweet I'm new. I'm telling these tears going, fall away, fall away on. Oh, may the last one burn into flame. Freedom too. I break chains all by myself And let my freedom rot in hell Hey, I'ma keep running Cause the winner don't quit on themselves I'ma wait, I'ma wave through the waters Till the tide don't move I'ma riot, I'ma riot on your borders. borders Call me bulletproof When they don't quit on
0: themselves. Thank you. That's Katie and Becca, everybody. Now I'm gonna join. So, this is a song where you'll know this one, and we could use your help on the sound effects part. You'll know what that means. Oh, yeah. yeah. Remember what I said about sound effects?
5: If you catch me on the border, I got pieces in my name If you come around, hey, I'll make them all day I get one down in a second if you wait Sometimes I think sitting on trains Every stop I get to, I'm clocking that game Everyone's a winner, we making our fame Bonafide hustler, making uh, yeah. their name uh, All I wanna do is bang, 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 bang And a ching and take your money All I wanna do is bang, 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 bang And a ching and take your money your money. All I wanna do is bang, 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 bang and, and a a Ching and take your money. All I wanna do is bang, 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 and uh, ching and take your money skulls and bones sticks and stones and weed and bombs running when we hit um, lethal poison for the system no one, one in the corner, corner has a swagger like us hit me on my burner prepaid wireless we pack and deliver like UPS trucks All the go to hell just uh, pumping yeah. their gas uh, all I wanna uh, do is bang, uh, bang, bang, bang and a ching and take your money all I wanna uh, do is bang, 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 bang and a ching and take your money All I wanna do is And I ching and take your money All I wanna do is And I ching and take your money Now is a part where M.I.A. says some really cool stuff And I can't pull it off because I'm white as fuck <laughs> And though I am not white, I pass for white So I don't think I should go there either Eric?
0: I will remain silent
5: Okay Good boy. Yes. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Some, 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 a summer murder. Some, a summer let go. Some, 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 a summer murder. Some, a summer let go. Summer, All summer, I want to do summer, is bang, 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 and a cup. She can take your money. All I want to do is bang, 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 and a a ching ch- and, take go. and take your money All I wanna do is bang 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 and a ca- ching and take your money. your money All I wanna do is bang 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 and uh ching and take your money All I wanna do is bang bang and uh Ching and take your money All I wanna do is bang 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 and uh And take your money
0: you guys are warmed up. Hell yeah. Thank you so much. That was real fun. All right, guys. We got a bunch of storytellers and other musicians and very cool people here tonight to share their reflections with you on the theme, Be Radical. And we usually like to start the night with another member of the Nerdlogs group. And tonight, that honor falls to our own Mary Beth Smith. Uh, as I get the mic adjusted, I just want to compliment the shoe
6: game of the women of stories tonight because damn they're fresh to
1: death (laughs) um
6: i said what i said eric (laughs) you know i love you bro Uh, okay in chemistry a radical or free radical is an atom or a molecule with an unpaired valence electron and no charge In college, our chapter of the American Chemical Society had these very t-shirts made with a fluorine radical pictured on the front and the phrase, we're free radicals on the back, (laughs) which, uh, in retrospect, is barely a joke. (laughs) Uh, The most radical thing that people perceive about me on a daily basis is finding out that I'm both a performer and a scientist. Humans love quantifying things, and that combo just does not compute for some people. Uh, While I was in college and gained this t-shirt, this perceived conflict of interests came to a head the most in my second semester of my junior year. I had just returned from study abroad with the theater department and had an absolutely incredible time and saw some of the best theater I've ever seen in my life Uh, only to come back to school and have two uh, incredibly difficult chemistry courses combined with two very time-consuming theater courses. And uh, on top of all of that, I found my analytical chemistry professor to be a real knob. (laughs) Uh, He was just one of these guys who's like way more interested in doing research and grant funding than teaching. And you need people like that, but they make such crappy teachers. As an extra credit assignment about halfway through the term, he wanted us to write up a couple of reviews on some programming that was going on around campus uh, that was mostly aimed at prospective students. Uh, One of those events was the production of Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are Dead that I was currently performing in with the theater department. So, I naively asked if it was okay for me to write a review of the show. I mean, it was on the schedule of programming that he wanted us uh, to attend after all. He essentially said he'd prefer I didn't, but that if I did to make it really good, challenge accepted. (laughs) Uh, I gave a thorough, mostly glowing review of everything from the performances to the props to the direction, and when I got it back uh, graded from my professor, he had written next to a particularly en- he had written next to a particularly enlightened portion of the review, this is really good. Did you write this?
1: <laughs>
6: now, before I unpack how this made me feel, can we discuss what a D move this is? <laughs> like, He asked me a rhetorical question on a graded paper he gave me back. It was kind of accusatory because if I didn't write it, that's called plagiarism. He belittled the fact that I could have been the one to write this thing about a show that I was in. It just assumed a lot. (laughs) I felt my face get really hot with anger and my eyes well up with embarrassment. And I never said anything to him. I mean, what would I have done? Written yes and handed it back? and you know what I truly think it drove me away from the department a bit and it kind of gouged my interest in a field that I had wanted to go into for a long time (laughs) when I graduated from college instead of deciding to go to grad school and uh, continue along a path to become a forensic scientist which is what what I had Uh, thought I would do when I entered undergraduate, I instead moved to Chicago and started taking comedy classes. Now, is this a mistake? Uh, Who can say? (laughs) (laughs) I will say I was an intern during a lot of those comedy classes, so I spent like a couple grand instead of a bunch of money, which most people are doing. So that's the way that I justify it to myself. Now, is this situation uh, driving me away from analytical chemistry in general and going to grad school um, petty and overblown? Probably, yes, absolutely. But, you know, it's a pretty petty, overblown world that we're living in right now. Being radical in life and in chemistry means being different and being very reactive. This is Experience may well, uh, may very well have driven me more towards being a performer, an interest that has made me hyper-aware of the treatment of women in comedy and the lack of representation in entertainment as a whole. Uh, would I be as radical a person if I hadn't decided to dive into this as much as I have? I'm not sure, but I did not let this experience deter me from becoming a professional analytical chemist. I teach classes down the street for the very same American Chemical Society we made this weak joke for. (laughs) Uh, I've learned just as much uh, about how horribly women are treated in science and how badly forensic science needs to be better regulated on a national level. So, uh, I guess suffices to say that the things I've learned from situations like this And the two seemingly conflicting endeavors that I find my life leading is that I want so badly to radically accept good, to not question an earnest, informed response to something that's been experienced, and to radically change bad. The March on Science is tomorrow, guys. Make all your really good jokes on those signs. (laughs) Thank you. Mary Beth Smith, everybody. Thank you, Mary Beth, for kicking it off.
0: When we were talking about who of us would tell the first story, I was like, I could talk about Michelangelo from The Turtles. He says (laughs) radical a lot. So that was probably better. I I think there's a really interesting point in there. Does radicalism... Uh, necessarily lead to reactivity. Maybe we'll explore that through the rest of the night. Let's keep that in our noggin, huh? But anyway, coming up next to the stage, this is the host of Twenty by Two, which is a show at Shuba's next week, as well as the former editor and publisher of Gapers Block. Please welcome Andrew Hoff.
7: Hey,
2: thanks everybody. So I've never really thought of myself as a radical. I mean, look at me. When I started thinking about overthrowing the system way back when I was a kid, it seemed to me like the most insidious yet practical way to do it was to subvert from within. But as I look back as a middle-aged man, I realize that there actually is an area in which I truly have been a radical. I believe very strongly and deeply in the power and vital importance of independent media. As a kid... Thank you, whoever did that. (laughs) As a kid, I would pick up flyers and community newspapers and the occasional weekly world news. I'd cut out and remix comic strips and paste them back together into little cartoon sections. And as I got into music, I gravitated towards magazines like Maximum Rock and Roll, Punk Planet, and Alternative Press, picking up copies at the record store when I had an extra couple of bucks. In high school, I joined the student newspaper, and the yearbook staff, and hatched plans for a zine that never quite happened. But then I worked at the uh, student newspaper again once I got to college. As a journalism major, it was required. However, I also helped launch a bi-monthly alternative newspaper. Called The Response, we strived to be an alternative voice for Ohio State students, but our hopes were ultimately crushed by lackluster ad sales and the cost of printing. The response folded after four issues. Soon though, a new medium would make independent publishing radically easier. Mosaic, the first graphical web browser, launched when I was a freshman, and by the time I graduated, there was a nascent community exploring the boundaries and benefits of publishing on the World Wide Web. I soon discovered some of the first blogs, and by 2001, I was blogging myself. Suddenly, anyone with the slightest technical know-how could run their own website right alongside the New York Times and Wired magazine. Blogs exploded, filling the web with the most radical experiment in media independence the world has ever experienced. So far. If I'm famous for anything, and I'm using air quotes here, listeners, it's for being editor and publisher of Gaper's Block, a Chicago-centric online publication I co-founded in 2003 with Naz Hamid and a dozen or so other bloggers from around Chicagoland. Yeah. (laughs) Depending on how old you are, 2003 may not seem like that long ago. But to put it into perspective, we launched within months of Gawker and Gothamists. Chicagoist was a year later than us. And Google was only five years old. GB was one of the original city blogs, and it was a response to the flyover mentality that was already developing on the web. We wanted to make sure folks knew that stuff was happening right here, online and off, in Chicago. And the Tribune and Sun-Times and other media in the city weren't cutting it. The staff was entirely volunteer, and aside from a couple of years when grants allowed us to pay the editors and for some of the feature-length stories there was minimal revenue and basically no budget. Nevertheless, it quickly became an important part of the Chicago media landscape, dedicated to independent news, aggregation, and the best damn curated event calendar in the city. More than 300 people wrote on staff over 12 plus years and hundreds more contributed articles including aspiring journalists who got some of their first bylines, activists and artists covering their scenes or their passions, and veteran authors and journalists who found found in Gaper's Block the freedom of an outlet beholden to no one. I knew we were doing something special, something right and important early on in our first year when we broke the story of a hate crime assault in Andersonville that escaped notice by the papers. We heard from a Tribune reporter friend later that it was the moment that GB became required reading in their newsroom. And it proved to be just the first of many stories we broke, sometimes to be picked up and rewritten by a conventional outlet, but more often the only place in town to cover it. The great experiment... Media experiment of the web has dimmed a bit as social media pulled people's time and attention away from blogs and the media landscape has made journalism, independent or otherwise, even more difficult to sustain financially. But there are holdouts and there are glimmers of new energy and creativity finding footholds wherever they can all the time. The pendulum still swings. I believe that as long as humans have information to share, there will be a need and an interest in independent places to share it. And while I'm not currently running one of those places, I will always have a radical desire to support those who are in any way I can. Thanks.
0: Andrew Huff, everybody. Thank you so much, Andrew. Got to remember, especially in days like these, that uh, free media, independent media is super important. I Maybe I'm just tooting my own horn a little bit, but I feel like maybe podcasts are the next frontier of, like, that very democratic, accessible m- medium. I think that's part of the magic of podcasts, but also, like... Jesus, there's a lot of bad podcasts out there. But hey, have you guys heard about S Town? S Town's cool. Let's talk about S Town. Anyway, we'll talk after the show. Coming next to the stage, we have the founder of the Experience Institute School, which helps students do leap year projects. This is Victor Saad.
1: I hate email. I try to read and reply as quickly as I can, and I don't normally reply to emails on Friday nights because Friday nights are for friends, not email. But on this one Friday night in March, I was working late. It had been a tough week, one of those weeks where nothing seemed to go right. So for this Friday, I was home, alone, and occasionally doing my routine phone check. Then I see an email from Tanner Woodford. I think the world of Tanner I look up to him as a person and respect his work greatly. And his email photo is so cool. Seriously, he looks like one of those legendary designers who's been dead for like 50 years. I mean, how can you not want to check his email? I mean, I'm being emailed by a cool design legend who seems dead but is really alive. Okay, the email. Hey there, Chicago Design Museum opens its next exhibition on April 28th. Dan Friedman, Radical Modernist. Leading up, I'm planning a series of events in a small installation at the Soho House the weekend before it opens. More specifically, on Friday, April 21st at 6 p.m., we're bringing in the Nerdologues for a live storytelling event show-turned-podcast. Your stories will, will be recorded in front of a small audience in the theater and features 10 five-minute stories. The theme is Be Radical. I can't imagine the event without you. Could you let me know by Tuesday if you're interested in participating? Thanks so much and enjoy the weekend. Yours, Tanner. I reread the email, clicked on the links he he, he shared, and realized this could be cool. So I replied quickly, yep, I'm in. I'll block the evening of the 21st. Keep me posted on the details. I didn't realize my mistake until a few days later. (laughs) Shit! I have to write a story. (laughs) A cool story. For interesting people, and it's going to be recorded. I felt like I'd said yes to going to homecoming with a girl I barely knew and my older brother was going to be chaperoning. <laughs> <laughs> but I couldn't back out because it was for Tanner, Tanner Woodford. I got to do this. Now, you should know I write a lot. I love writing. Writing to me is like running or yoga or posting Insta selfies with too much makeup is to the next person. (laughs) I write nearly every night of the week and I try to publish something every Wednesday morning. It's my thing. So I should be good, right? But every once in a while, a project turns into that piece of apple skin lodged in the back of your teeth. You keep trying to use your tongue to wiggle it loose, but you really need floss. But you don't have floss, so you just keep contorting your tongue in weird ways, hoping that shitty piece of apple skin will magically be gone, and you'll feel that great victory of not having to go to the store to buy floss? That's what this writing project had become. My first thought was, I have lots of stories to share. I've lived a spectacular life where I've traveled the world and started a school and worked with big institutions and companies, but writing about my work felt too predictable. So I sat at my desk and wrote about other stories, things like being licked by a lion or getting stuck in Cairo with 20 teenagers or working as a valet parker and having a stranger offer me $100 an hour to smell my feet. (laughs) I wrote some of those stories, but they didn't quite fit the theme. So I wrote the story of my dad being diagnosed with stage 4 pancreatic cancer, one year ago, almost to the day. I wrote about getting the call while having dinner not too far from this spot. I wrote about my mother being handed a stack of papers and a crate of pills and a calendar full of appointments and handling all of it with such amazing strength. I wrote about my older brother's wisdom and how he never hugged me so hard like he did on the day of the funeral, and my younger brother's hospitality and tenderness with everyone who he visited with. I wrote about my sweet dad and how sweet he had become during the first few months following the diagnosis, and then how sad and even angry he'd become in his final days. And I tried to add humorous moments so it wouldn't be so heavy for you to hear. But when I finished, I couldn't read the story. I, I just couldn't. And for some reason, writing about cancer for this event seemed like cheating. Don't ask me why. It just did. Like it was like extra heavy handed or something. I don't, I don't know. I had to move on. But now the event was only a few days away. Then another email, this time from Eric, the organizer. He introduces himself, shares some of the rules about the event, and then the, re- the order of speakers. Nerdlog member, Andrew Huff, Christian Carter, Lloyd King, Alex Cox, Sam Rosen, Roman Titus, Joey Stevenson, Connor Volk. Shit, I think, I know a lot of those people. I think all nine of them had cool email photos. I'm doomed. I made one last-ditch effort. I went along bike rides and listened to the moth stories and past past nerdlog episodes. I had had tried writing from beautiful places. I reorganized my bookshelf. I strategized with friends. At this point, Tanner is sitting on my shoulders talking to me. Really, it's just his photo, but just his mouth is moving in this weird way. (laughs) Telling me that this has to be extra funny, cool, inspiring, all without coming across as not trying too hard. But I realize... I don't have it in me. That piece of apple skin is still lodged back there somewhere. So I'm standing in a room full of people I really respect at a storytelling event being recorded and no story to share except for this one.
0: Thank you, Victor. That was great. Let's. I think it all comes back to uh, what you said at the start of that story, Victor. Friday night is for friends, and we're all friends, and we're a community, and we're sharing shit. That's awesome. Thank you for being here. Tanner is, does send amazing emails, I want to say. Uh, also to that comment, Friday night is for friends. I like that you had that rule. It wasn't maybe about 20 years ago in the late 90s that it was Thursday night that was for friends. Oh, you guys got it. Yeah. Musty TV, baby. <laughs> anyway, coming next to the stage, we have the founder. All right, that's enough out of you guys. We have the founder of Busy Beaver Button Co. They are a sponsor, PS, of the Chicago Podcast Co-op. Thank you so much for sponsoring shows like ours. This is Kristen Carter.
4: Hello. Hey. Hey. Um, yeah I'm Kristen Carter um, I own this company called Busy Beaver Button Company and what's kind of sacred to me very high-minded about buttons is that um, they're forms of expression that create community so um, so yeah so I'm going to basically kind of tell a little bit of a story and process <laughs> um, with Dan Friedman's uh, 12 was it Uh, 12 modernist agenda, 12 items, I chose number two because buttons are, you know, expression. So number two is try to express personal, spiritual, and domestic values even if our culture continues to be dominated by corporate, marketing, and institutional values. Um, So yeah, expression can be radical. I mean, it's an idea that's shareable and can kind of change the tides Of culture and I mean that's just the way it works and so currently I'm in this uh, feminist business school it's an online school and it's run by this woman named Jen Armbrist who's just I don't know she's she's super cool and uh, she's trying to come up with like new business models that are kind of not so masculine and uh, anyhow it's you know we started off with definitions of like what is feminism and what is capitalism and um, then we did all these kind of visualizations and meditations, and this week it's, the, the theme is like toppling the patriarchy. So that's what we're doing this week. <laughs> and, and patriarchy defined, defined as like the subjugation of fem, the feminine, so it's not necessarily body, sexual kind of thing. And we're all affected by this rotten system. Um, so I'm fired up. <laughs> um, and I want to express some shit. <laughs> uh, so, and I'm not also, ironically enough, like, as a person who facilitates expression through buttons, I'm I'm pretty bad. I'm like, I'm not very good at expressing myself. So, I guess it's my life's work. But, um, so, um, and it's also confusing to be in a patriarchy because it's so um, pervasive that it's sometimes, like, hard to identify how it's showing up, you know? So, and and for me personally, I, you know, I need to be encouraged to express myself because, um, you know, it, it elicits a response and you don't know, I don't know, like what response I'm gonna get, you know, and I'm afraid of that. <laughs> um, so, okay, so I thought, this is a little interactive, so I thought maybe we could do kind of like a group expression session where, um, you know, we all kind of say something that's in our minds and we can do it at the same time. And then, um, you know, as loud or as quiet as you want. And then we can kind of do a reaction to that kind of expression. So, and uh, in this case, empathy is gets bonus points. <laughs> um, so here's an example. Okay. So I am pissed off that a bunch of dudes in DC is deciding what's best for women. And, you know, a possible reaction is, fuck that, you know. <laughs> So we're gonna do this like all together. Um, so I'll kind of count, and if you want to just you know whatever te- like whatever uh, volume you want, you can say something that expresses like how you're feeling right now or something you know great or something bad or whatever. So okay, you guys ready? Are you gonna do this? Yeah. <laughs> okay, one, two, three.
7: Oh,
4: <laughs> nice. <laughs> You guys, that's awesome. Um, okay, so now it's time for the reaction. Okay, one, two, three. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I just thought I'd just like open up the floor if anybody wants to say anything um, that you want to express. If wants to express something, and then we can all react to what you're expressing. I know it's kind of a leap, so if anybody wants doesn't feel like it. <laughs> I don't feel like it. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Anybody else? I'll, I'll repeat it if it's quiet. Right. Well, um, anyhow, hope this like loosened everybody up. Stay loose, express yourself. Thank you. <laughs>
0: Kristen Carter, everybody. I should have had you go sooner. Loosen these people up. Although, guys, your sound effects at the top are also really great. You've been a very great crowd so far. Thank you. Let's keep it going. We have one more storyteller this half. Actually, a musician. This gentleman uh, comes to us from the Tuna Week podcast, and he has an amazing stand-up bass with him right now. This is Lloyd King. I assume the pause is for the bass, because I haven't done
7: anything yet, but thank you. I'll thank the bass thanks you. All right, so... Uh, Eric sent me an email and said, we, we've never met. And he said, you seem like a radical dude, you know? And uh, he didn't know how, what he was. <laughs> I mean, I, come, I have a radical pedigree, but I think there's regression to the mean. You know, my, my grandfather was uh, served time, seriously, in the czarist prison for trying to foment revolution. And my grandmother used to stand on soapboxes and organize union workers. And uh, my mother, Joined the Communist Party, she was in the professional
3: branch,
7: which I think means that they just sat around in armchairs and talked about her. She did more than that, actually. She volunteered in a, a free clinic, a Panther free clinic, and uh, we had Black Panther meetings in our houses, so, but, so I was going to talk about that radicalism, and then something radical happened to me, and all that shit went out the window. So about two or three days ago, I'm uh, taking a walk by the lake, and I live on the south side, okay? And the view of downtown from the south side is spectacular. It's better than the north side. Sorry, all you northsiders, It's better on the south side. And I'm looking at it, and those of you who went to University of Chicago know what I'm talking about. So I'm looking at it, and it's like oh my god, it's a beautiful day, and I'm looking at the the buildings and the the whole skyline and the arches and the spires, and it's like the fucking Grand Canyon of the Midwest, man-made Grand Canyon. It's spectacular. And uh, I'm just watching it, and I'm so excited, I just spontaneously, out loud, say, that's beautiful. And then I suddenly feel uncomfortable because I'm pretty sure there's some watching me and something watching me and i look down and just seriously about 10 feet away there's a a coyote like uh, staring at me like with attitude (laughs) (laughs) and it starts shaking his head the coyote and i'm looking at the coyote i'm like what the fuck you know I'm from the south side you know you can't give me that look without getting a what the fuck at least you know so uh and the coyote's like y'all disappoint the shit out of me <laughs> I mean you may wonder why a coyote's talking about but it's south side coyote and so I'm like what are you talking about and it's like he, he, I seen you there I seen you admiring that motherfucking skyline that motherfucking skyline is a joke. and Worse than a joke. That shit's gonna fucking be the death of us all. That shit's gonna destroy the fucking planet. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? That's beautiful. How would you know? You're a fucking coyote. And he's like, I don't even know if it's a he. I should say they. And they are like, uh, listen. I seen your motherfucking skyline, and it's bullshit, and I'll tell you why. It's fucking artifice. You all fucking designers, y'all fucking make shit, and it's fucking gonna kill us all. And here's what's going on. See, humans were okay, right? I mean, we could have joined you all, we could have been the motherfucking dogs, but we're like, no, there's something funny about y'all. Once y'all started making shit, we're like, mm-mm. Still clear them motherfuckers. And here's why. So for about, you put on the planet how many? Maybe what? 50,000 years? You know, that's a good amount of time. For the first 49,000 years, y'all was cool. And then, like, for about the last 200 years, y'all started, like, going ape shit, making stuff. And it's like, walking was not, walking was too hard. Oh. (laughs) we got to make machines that you can drive and they spew out poison gas and they fucking destroy the ozone. And I was like, okay. And then he's like, they're like, because once a coyote gets going, you can't stop him. I guess. And the coyote's like... And as if, the you know, you even got lazier. Now it's like driving around is too much. And we need self-driving cars. You know, and that's, so you invented AI, which is going to bring about the robot apocalypse and y'all gonna be motherfucking slaves and y'all deserve it. You know, you'll be the dogs then. And so then, and finally, you know, he said, and then you, if that wasn't enough, y'all went and made, you invented countries and nations. That's some bullshit. There's no motherfucking such thing as a fucking nation. That is bullshit you all invented, and then you stockpile nuclear arms, and you can destroy the whole planet 20 times over and take us with you. That's what y'all been doing with your fucking design, and your creativity, and all that activity and shit like that. Y'all gonna blow up the motherfucking world and take us with it, and there's no such thing as a country, no motherfucking such thing as identity. Y'all make that shit up every day. He shook his head, and then the coyote walked away. <laughs> and you don't know me, but I'm an optimist. <laughs> <laughs> my, my friends call me, uh, you know, Mr. Good News, because I can see the upside of anything. But this kind of got to me, and I'm walking home, and I'm a little pensive, and I get home, and I'm like, coyotes fucking coyote fucking coyote is right you know we are gonna wreck the whole planet and this kind of bummed me out and when i'm bummed out i open up my case and i pull out my beautifully designed bass. you know four thousand years of culture and we get this thing it's slimline you know it's got you can play it in a rock band you can play it classical jazz i mean it's a miracle and so yeah you know i'm thinking the coyote's right if if i was born today i might not have anything to look forward to but one type of apocalypse and how radical is that i mean it's radical enough that the concept of apocalypse that a meteor could hit and take us all out that a pandemic could come and knock out 97 percent of our species that's radical enough but that wasn't enough we had to like double, triple the list by saying, oh, yeah, let's put on the robot apocalypse, let's add nuclear war, let's, you know, put climate change, man made climate change. Man made apocalypse is the most radical invention we've ever come up with. Coyote was right. I kind of think the coyote might have been a reincarnation of like John Muir or some radical environmentalist or something like that, because <laughs> they don't usually talk. <laughs> So uh, I went home, I picked out my bass, and I wrote this song, and I dedicate this song to the uh, coyote. It's called Afterlife. When death tracks you down You can cower and hide Put on your brave face You're still gonna die Blow up like a balloon You're bound to bust Life is ashes to creature Death is creature to dust Unless it turns out there's more to come, if you believe in the afterlife. come back a queen i might be a hippopotamus whatever wakes up won't really be us and there's no such thing as identity don't give a damn about the afterlife Don't give a fuck about the afterlife Don't give a damn about the afterlife Shooting some poo, drinking bourbon and beers Thinking some songs from our glory years Heaven's got the climate to put you at ease But hell's got all the damn best company If you believe in the afterlife If you believe in the afterlife If you believe in the afterlife
0: man that was hot thank you Lloyd great story great song oh my god great bass if you guys see any coyotes out there tell them to get the fuck away this is a people place no offense to any coyotes in the audience if they've learned to morph into people type form like some kind of animorph that's okay then they can come in this has been a nerdalogs production if you'd like to help make more things like this please visit patreon.com slash to donate today and go to www.nerdlogs.com for more cool stuff thanks for being awesome
2: Thank you all, thank you all. I am grabbot23548x.